G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, up until just recently, the Salvation Army had been providing a chaplaincy service in the court system. But reportedly, COVID pressures and reprioritizing funding to homelessness has led the Salvos to no longer pay chaplains in the courts and even more broadly in hospitals. What is being encouraged in the absence of funding is that chaplaincy continue on a voluntary basis. Not everyone agrees that withdrawing chaplains from the court system is a good move. Even judges and criminal lawyers want chaplains back. Chaplains have been providing emotional, practical and spiritual support for many people over many, many years. Ken Harvey has been a court chaplain for the past eight years in the Brisbane Magistrates' Courts. He says the Army leadership in Melbourne made a decision to no longer provide the chaplaincy ministry as part of ongoing restructuring of ministries. Ken Harvey is joining us. Ken, welcome along to 2020. Neil, it's lovely to be with you. Thank you. Ken, it's not just where you are in Brisbane, but there are centres all over Australia that now lack court chaplains. Yes, that's uh, that's correct. Uh, it's a very difficult situation for the courts and also for the community whose needs have been met through, uh, many of the needs met through the chaplaincy services. And so when the court is without a chaplain, who suffers the most? Uh, which people are in most need of that support service? Mm. Now, there are a lot of vulnerable people who come to court for various reasons. So I guess we're looking at wide, wide out into the community. Uh, the courts themselves rely and have been relying upon the, the chaplaincy services as they've been seen as an integral part of the operations of the court. So uh, I, I guess everybody's impacted in some way, but particularly the vulnerable people who come who perhaps uh, haven't even got the capacity to have legal representation and who are uh, in a very difficult space, not only in, in their hearts and in their minds, but in their whole being. Uh, and they've come for, uh, for various reasons. It's not only those who appear before the court themselves, but also their families uh, who are impacted as well. So it's quite far-reaching. It's complicated, isn't it, the court system? And for people who are not used to complications and bureaucracy and yeah. uh, the sorts of issues that people are going through, people are not prepared for that. The chaplain is there and uh, helping to calm those anxieties. Yeah, that's right. I guess, in a sense, when we first meet a person, we want to be a safe person. We want to be a person that welcomes and reassures those people who are going through the process and also their families, all involved in the whole process. It's about uh, bringing that light, bringing that love into into their lives and representing Jesus. We uh, we talk about court procedures and processes. As you say, it's a very complex system if you've never been a part of it before. We explain to people outcomes, particularly for those who don't have legal representation, assist them in uh, discussing options that they may need to look at as they're going through the court and also to facilitate court operations. We link people up with, 
with their lawyers where they've got them. We introduce them to the police prosecution, to the court staff, and, and assist in court, provide a listening ear. And uh, very often, uh, very basic but very, um, very critical, I'd say, is sitting down, listening, listening to what they're saying, but also listening to what's not being said and uh, giving them that space to prepare themselves for the court and for all it's going to be. Ken, you were a paid chaplain and working under the auspices of the Salvation Army and uh, you're able to continue voluntarily, but not every chaplain is going to be in that position. No, no, that's, that's right. And really, Neil, this is a step in faith. Uh, stepping out, I need to see what it uh, looks like. I have a, a colleague who's considering it as well and praying about it. But I've, uh, I believe that God has called me to be a catalyst in for this to, uh, to to get this ministry going again. And I'm excited about it because I know that the needs of the people are not being met. The needs of the court are not being met. Those needs when uh, the services with, were withdrawn didn't stop. Those needs continue and God's placed it on my heart to continue to be a part of meeting those needs for those people out there. Ken, what is needed here? Because you've got a restructuring in the Salvation Army. Is there room here for a whole new sponsor of chaplaincy in our courts around Australia? Is it someone needs to step up, or is there a need for a brand new start with a new organisation that can help to deliver the chaplaincy service? I think at this stage we'd need to negotiate any major changes. At this point in time, the Chief Magistrate has made it very clear that uh, anybody to be involved in the process needs to be a trained, qualified chaplain, obviously, and, uh, and that I am. And I'm, I'm happy to, to listen to and to talk to people who may be uh, chaplains who are interested in this ministry. Uh, and I think at that, sort of, at that level we'd need to take it to the... Uh, to the Chief Magistrate just to see that he's comfortable. But yes, there's, there's room obviously for an expansion of the ministry and this is, a, this is the hour to start to do it. Well, the way you describe it, I think it sounds like a crisis because when you end funding for chaplaincy in a specialised chaplaincy field like yours, you risk losing all of that expertise who can go off on a different direction. But somehow or other, you've got to somehow step in and try and rescue court chaplaincy, haven't you? Yeah, it is It is a critical situation. We can get back in there and do it. Uh, and personally, God's called me to do that. What that looks like for the future, that's in God's hands. Uh, I'm trusting him for that, but I'm just stepping out in faith, knowing that uh, what the, uh, the what needs to happen in the courts and to minister as, as uh, God leads. The sort of support you provide to people who are going through the court system and uh, you mentioned there's some practical things that you do in helping people yeah. to navigate there but there's there's also a spiritual support along that pathway too, isn't there? Yes, there is and that's a great opportunity where people need that spiritual support that's offered. Uh, look, we deal with, we share with whoever comes into the court and um, our job is just to love those people and to express Jesus Christ through our words and through our, through our actions and offer to pray with people if they would like uh, prayer, more than happy to, uh, to do that. So it's, it's a critical part of that, that whole ministry. In fact, it's the basis, it's the foundation uh, of the ministry in the courts. 
I mentioned in the introduction that even people who are high up, judges and criminal lawyers, Mm. they want chaplains back because they can see the value of what it is to have someone standing alongside someone who's facing all sorts of charges. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Everybody has been affected by this and there's been an, an immense amount of support from the judiciary, from the legal profession, uh, from the police prosecution. Look, we have, I have an open door policy there at the court and those people, uh, just like you and I, Neil, um, everybody has their needs and uh, the court environment is, is uh, constantly uh, highly charged, I could put it that way, and um, at some point in time, then people need to sit and just debrief, perhaps have a chat, have a prayer, before going to court, coming back from court. Other things that we do in terms of practical support are referring people on to other support agencies. People may come homeless. We may need to look for homes for them or accommodation for them. Uh, People looking for rehabilitation because they come to courts with uh, drug issues, domestic violence issues, often where a person, a partner is ousted. We've got to look at supporting them. So it's it's a lot of referral work going on as well. So we're part of the chain of support. And as you might reflect, and while the Salvation Army's been involved, when you talk about all of those other alternative support services that are needed, mm-hmm. uh, the Salvos made a very ideal sponsor of court chaplaincy because of all of those other opportunities to refer. But So is it ideal to find another Christian church denomination to sponsor the whole chaplaincy thing, or what sort of organisation might fit best? Well, I do believe it would be good if it was a, a Christian organisation, Neil, because that's the basis of the ministry that we've had down through the years, through the uh, through the Salvation Army. And yes, it's as you said, it's a good opportunity for a Christian organisation to uh, to step up because that's in keeping with uh, with our values and our focus and our mission, and that's to reach out to uh, share the love of Jesus with the people that we meet. When we note that an organisation like the Salvation Army was able to include that in their budget and enable that court chaplaincy to happen, uh, I imagine that that was all a part of coming under the umbrella of the Salvation Army. What about the idea of money in federal government or state government budgets for a service like this? Is this something that's being explored, Ken? Yeah, in in actual fact, um, over the last uh, six months, Neil, I've... um I had the opportunity uh, to put a presentation or, or a submission, more correctly, to uh, the Department of Justice and Attorney General. And last week, I had uh, I was in receipt of a beautifully worded letter from our Attorney General here in Queensland. And, and unfortunately, simply because of budgetary constraints, again around COVID and recovering from COVID, and, and all that's happening around our um, our finances. Uh, uh, in uh, in our country at this time, unfortunately, the uh, attorney had to advise me that there was no money to actually put towards this vital ministry. And she she acknowledged in her letter to me, as I say, a beautifully worded letter, an important letter. She said that uh, she understood the value of the chaplaincy, but regretted at this point in time that uh, the state government was unable to assist us. A nice letter, but the answer was a big, fat N-O. No, we're not going to fund your chaplaincy. So uh, still some more work required there, no doubt, uh, in pushing forward. 
you know, returning in a voluntary capacity, and we mentioned that you may be able to do that, but so many other chaplains that have relied on that small income they've been receiving may not be able to do that. And so there's challenges there. Is there any need here for people who might be thinking, well, I've always wanted to get into chaplaincy, perhaps court chaplaincy could be something for me. Is this a time to pursue the possibilities? Absolutely. And I'd be delighted, Neil, um, to have contact with anybody who'd be interested in being involved in court chaplains in any way. Um, one of the, the areas uh, that's really helpful is simply somebody just to come and sit down and have a cuppa with a person, chat with them, which releases um, a trained chaplain. So I'd be looking perhaps for some volunteer support people. And yes, anybody who's interested in chaplaincy, now's the time to uh, put up your hand and I'd love to uh, hear from them, Neil. Okay, so listeners to our conversation today, you might respond perhaps in a number of ways. You might know a way forward or you may be able to support what's happening with court chaplaincy in some ways, uh, whether it's becoming a court chaplain yourself or whether it's a way of uh, perhaps even uh, being part of a lobbying process to get either churches or government on side to support court chaplains. Uh, So a new sponsor required, uh, new court chaplains required, and there's no special website because you're no longer under the umbrella of the the Salvation Army. So if I give your personal contact email address, is that okay, Ken? Yes, Neil. Look, I'll be delighted to hear from anybody. I welcome anybody uh, wishing to make contact with me who's genuinely interested in uh, supporting this whole process. Okay, well, here's the email address if you're interested in court chaplaincy or if you know there may be a way forward, if there's some way you can connect Ken to someone who might be able to point in a direction that there might be a new sponsor for court chaplaincy in the States and all around Australia. So kjharvey, H-A-R-V-E-Y, at westnet.com.au. That's kjharvey at westnet.com.au. There's also a phone contact number that you could call. Uh, Get a pen, write this down, 0428-577-135. That's 0428-577-135. Ken, thanks so much for taking some time to share your insights. Uh, Big changes that have happened to court chaplaincy. And uh, we can keep you in our prayers as to the direction and uh, with the expectation that something good will happen. Ken Harvey, thanks so much for your update today on 2020. Neil, thank you so much. God bless you and thank you for your ministry too. Bless you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.